Lars is a hateable character. That's a good thing. We're gonna tell you why. The bits. And then we sat in silence for the actual duration of the theme song, so this would be easier to edit. <laughs> Hello, everybody, yeah. and welcome back to The Bits, a Steven Universe podcast. From Homeworld to yeah. Beach City and all the cosmos in between, we're still here, and we're talking about Stranded, a half-hour Steven Universe special. What's, what's your overall thoughts on, on this one? Well, my overall thoughts are, overall, I thought that this was... An episode worth discussing. Two of them, to be exact. Lars of the Stars was our first episode, and we're going to discuss it at length. And then Jungle Moon was our second. Mm. So those of you new to the podcast, what's wrong with you? This is episode four. There's only like three others. Get on that, man. Yeah. They they work as good commentary tracks to watch after. Well, listen to after the episodes. There's some watchable content, but not a lot. Also, if it's your first time here, I'm totally joking. Welcome. Have a seat. You look great. If you lost weight... Although, we would probably wouldn't know if we could see you. But, good on you if you're trying. Alright, so, jokes aside, if you're watching this on YouTube, as usual, we have minimal visual cues, if any. And we'll indicate where those are on the screen so you can look away and have no problems. If you have YouTube Indeed. Red and you close the video without looking, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Stop asking viewers what's wrong with them. <laughs> Never. Uh, jokes aside, yeah, uh, this podcast is just that, a podcast. So if you're watching on YouTube, you're not going to be looking at much. If you're listening on iTunes or some other venue... You're not missing much, if anything. So, any any like front end business, any like things we need to discuss beforehand before really getting to the nitty gritty of the podcast. I would like to announce my candidacy of mayor of glass punched in aggression. Hmm. Whether you're down and out or up and in, punch a glass and break your hand. It's a bad idea all around, and I would like to be your mayor of it. Indeed. Good gosh. Vote for me. So, <laughs> vote for the mayor of anything. All right, so just jumping in, we can start with our first episode, Lars of the Stars. Yeah, yeah. Jonathan, do that weird intro. The Bits! <laughs> Wonderful. Alright, so we start off the special with Connie and Steven on Earth, and oh my gosh, Connie looks adorable. Indeed. She's got the little aviator jacket, she's got the nice little haircut. She looks great. I love this character design. Yeah. Like, it, it definitely, like, comes together when, when they fuse as well. And I think that was one of the, like, 
things they were going for with their individual outfits as well. Oh yeah, it was just super adventurous. Like this was a situation where you knew that these characters were ready for adventure just from like the first shot of setting everything up. It looked it just looked great. Good designs. Oh yeah. Bravo. So, Jonathan, they're ready for adventure. Where are they going? They're going through Lars's head into a space battle, apparently. That's right. They jump through Lars's head and onto a spaceship. And when they're there, they find out that Lars is a space captain of one big SS reference. Yep. It's a super big Captain Harlock reference. Why, Jonathan, I've never heard of Captain Harlock. What is that? Captain Harlock is a sci-fi anime about a space pirate named Captain Harlock who's essentially wearing the same outfit as Lars in this episode. Put that up on the screen, yo. Whoop. Yeah, that's Lars, alright. First Sadie Killer was looking like Lars, now Captain Harlock's looking like Lars. Lars must just be a ah. real fashionable fella. Oh yeah, what do you call it? After you told me to uh, put that up in the last episode, I, I realized that the metaphor was essentially that Lars is a zombie now, so... <laughs> yeah. I, I totally didn't think about that at the time. Well, Sa yeah. Why Sadie has the ability to shapeshift in her grief, we'll never know, but the metaphor was there. <laughs> Indeed. But, yeah, uh... How'd you fill on the dialogue in this one? <laughs> oh my gosh, there was so much cheese, I literally paused the video, got up, and went and got a box of crackers. <laughs> That's not even a joke, like, got up, left my couch, went to the kitchen, opened the pantry, and got crackers, and just sat down and yeah. ate dry crackers while watching this. <laughs> it's so much of just like... Oh my gosh, Lars, I can't believe you did a cool thing. You did this cool thing, and you, you did that cool thing, and I'm not going to stand for it. So, you stop being super cool, sir. <laughs> Pretty much. I, I really couldn't take it. It's just, it felt a, a really hokey. Mm -hmm. And that, I know, it's... I kind of, it feels fun a bit. <laughs> for a bit. It's, yeah. <laughs> but not for the bit. It's bits. definitely not, yeah. It's definitely not, like, kind of uh, immersive like the, the other episodes where you can actually pick up on character dialogue and everything and you feel like, ah, oh, yeah, these are two people having conversation. No, these are two people, <laughs> like, LARPing right now. <laughs> <laughs> Roll for initiative. We're fighting Emerald. Yeah. It's... It's so weird. And... This is what I'm essentially going to go... Go into what I, like, joked about in the start started episode. When all this, like, dumb sci-fi adventure nonsense is happening, I was just like... Oh, okay. Lars, this is Lars's character now, I guess. And then, when they got to the pictures of Sadie, 
You, you hear those first few lines from Lars. She having such a good time without me? And you go, oh. I died out here? No, does. they didn't forget. <laughs> they didn't forget for one second. <laughs> they did not. Uh, an interesting part I would like to discuss with you here is I think Lars's character overall is interesting because they've developed him into almost that he's secretly like Steven. And I know they've been doing that since the beginning of like, he's the tsundere, oh, you know, you want to smile and have fun. He's like, no, shut up, having fun's lame. Yeah. But in this episode in particular, when he's talking about Beach City, he's just like, yeah, Beach City is awesome. There's like my, there's the beach and there's my friends and my house and my trampoline. And it's just like, yeah, you're just a big kid and you're off on your space adventure right now. And you have all your little insecurities and you just want to go out and play in space and then come home and have your trampoline and your skull clothes. Yeah, I, I thought at the start he really matured a lot because as you call it, just in that space it wasn't about just like feeling like standoffish and everything and then the lines rolled in <laughs> good gosh i agree but, but it also makes a wonderful point that even though you mature in life you don't have to stop having fun and you don't have to stop mm -hmm. enjoying things and you don't have to stop being what people would refer to as a kid being an adult is not growing up and realizing you can't eat birthday cake anymore. It's growing up and realizing now you can buy birthday cake whenever you want. Yeah. I And that's what I essentially mean, mean by maturing. Because it's not all the sci-fi stuff that made him seem more mature. It's the fact that, what you call it, he's not trying to be standoffish towards Steven anymore. Like, when when he sees him again, he like immediately hugs him and stuff. And then when he's talking about beach city, he's just like, man, I hate, it. hate it here usually. But in this episode, he was just like, yeah, I miss everything there. I've been out here in space for so long. I, I'm ready to go back. Yeah. And I'm genuinely excited, excited about seeing, seeing everyone and being back, back there. It, it's kind of like a, I don't know. I, I feel like it's, like a, a army veteran coming back back home, sort of. Ooh, that's an interesting thing. illusion. Yeah, uh, but the the thing where I'm just like, oh, he didn't totally do it is the discussion about Sadie. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, if they just completely abandon that part of Lars's character, it'd be a little uh, weird because it's just like inorganic change. He changed off oh, yeah. screen and you don't get to see it. And I feel like that was part of the misdirection that they were going for with saying, hey, we're just gonna say Lars is super cool now and everyone will believe us. But really it's, no, Lars thinks he's super cool, but hmm. shown Sadie and reminded that he's not home, he turns back into the Lars from home. Oh yeah, and that's that's what I wanted wanted to get at. The fact that, as you call it, I've always said hated Lars's personality, mm -hmm. and would you call it? That doesn't mean he's not a, 
not a well-written character. Right. Uh, just, I don't, I don't like him, like him as, like his, as a character. I don't like his personality and everything. It's just very, mm. <laughs> So, when it snapped back into that, and it immediately, like, rushed back in, I was just like, oh, shoot, yeah, they didn't miss a beat on how, how his dialogue sounded. This is exactly, like, Lars from pre- previous episodes. This is exactly how Lars sounds. So they didn't totally abandon his character with this Captain Harlock persona and everything. And it felt just, I don't know, and it felt like he was he was that character and the persona made made more sense that he he was able to act like this because he was so detached from from like the things that made him that person on Beach City. It's interesting because it plays with the zone of proximity a little bit where, oh, I'm super into this thing, but only when this thing is around. And then afterwards, I've become my own person in a different way. Yeah, because uh, I'd see see it as like when he's after the experience in the cave, like he had to, to take risks a lot and then he just accepted it as a thing is. If I take this risk, it's it's gonna work out, <laughs> because that's that's what I've been doing, and that's the only option I I'm always presented with. So he gets super confident about it, and that's that's how it made sense sense to me at least. That's fair. Yeah. Um, seeing everybody in the ship ship was cool. I disagree. Mm. <laughs> why do you disagree samuel because the first thing we see is lars i'm like cool then we see what i only could describe as the green version of the villain from save the light <laughs> then we see the yeah. off colors and mm-hmm. emerald goes curse those off colors and I'm like oh a wacky 90s intro how fun but then i remember ah man the off colors and then I <laughs> see it again, and I go, ah, oh, man, the first one's Parappa the Rapper. And I'm just sad. Yeah. Though I will say, as much as I dislike her, they cut her character down to only five lines this time, and I felt a lot better about it. Hmm. Because I... her joke stopped being funny the first time. <laughs> you gosh. I... I still think if they use use her uh, ability as a thing of like predicting things that they they can't see that already happened, she would become a a lot stronger as a character. Mm. Like it's it's a thing of just like. I don't know there's so much potential there but just like it's not being used it's used as the second behind joke all the time so it's meh but uh the twins are are fine Rhoda, and Rhoda Knight, yeah she call it the only good off color <laughs> yeah what about uh good gosh worry 
worry off color. I can't <laughs> worry <laughs> garnet. Yeah. She's she's fine. Yeah. But well, they're they're fine. I don't know. Scared as a personality trait's never been enough for me in terms of characters. Hmm. Though interesting thing about Rhoda Knight going back, uh their description was the or no. Yeah, okay, Rhoda Knight. Uh the body of a star cross fusion. I really want to know what that means. Hmm. Maybe it explains I... why they're worried so much. Yeah, uh, I would, I would think it would be a similar situation to, uh, Garnet's where it's a, like, Romeo Juliet situation. But then we get Grandma Gem, who's got six, uh, gems all casually fused in there. Yeah, because she's totally cool, cool with the idea of fusion that's what what her thing was <sighs> i just don't like her jonathan but they'll develop the, their character i'm sure and um yeah i'll be happy with them but right now i'm just i'm not a fan only one i like yeah. is the twins yeah the twins can do stuff without freaking out that's fair that's fair also uh random question mm -hmm. for you they were running from Emerald, right? And they left Homeworld yes. and were going through space. And she says that she's been chasing them since Clavio 7. What is Clavio 7? Is it another planet? Or are there six other Clavios? Uh, is it a part of Homeworld? I would say it's, an, it's another planet, usually in, like, uh, like sci-fi fiction or like retro sci-fi fiction there's just like hey uh it's this planet and their moons and our numbers the plot twist for steven universe season nine is gonna be that just like my life as a teenage robot we find out that homeworld is like the ninth in a line and there's eight other homeworlds which means there's 32 other diamonds they've got to fight yeah, as you call it, I'm I'm ready for th for this plot line the the end. Let's let's just get there. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, fun animation because though. when Connie gets impressed by Lars when they first get into Lars is so cool territory. Steven gets stars in his eyes, but Connie gets little diamonds. Ah, I wonder what that means. Oh. I would like, like to think that uh, everyone in the, like, universe family has has the star eyes, but uh, everyone else has something different. But I wouldn't know the significance behind uh, Connie's diamonds. That's what I want to know. Yeah. Because uh, she always, also, I guess, has had diamond eyes. I know Garnet's had star eyes. Garnet's had star eyes before? I believe so. Huh. Maybe it's a good thing. I don't know. But it is then, a weird, weird detail to add, add now. Alright, Google searching. I found that Pearl also has diamond eyes. Peridot has star eyes. Amethyst has star eyes. 
So I, is it a character type thing? I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out. I feel like Sapphire at some point had it, but I don't know. Wait. Yeah. Uh, in, that's definitely Connie with uh, Diamond Eyes. I don't... Maybe you can find a theory on that or something somewhere. Maybe I can make a theory on that. Go for it. I won't make a theory on that, more than likely. <laughs> what Gosh, I want to know is what kind of star eyes Cookie Cat has. That's the only thing that matters to me. But... <laughs> oh, jeez. Also, right there, um... Yeah. Just clear my throat. Uh... Also on the note of them them both going, uh Lars, you're so cool. Freaking Stefani saying the line of Lars, I wow, missed you Lars, so I missed you. I missed you so much was absolutely adorable. I loved it so much. <laughs> it was one of the best lines I wrote down in my notes. Wow, Lars, I missed you is a super strong line that offsets all this cheesiness. Oh yeah. Because I don't know, when Stefani fuses, it's very clear which of the kids is talking, and that was very clearly Steven. Yeah. So, it makes me think, like, everyone realizes how ridiculous this is, but they're just indulging Lars. Hmm. But, I don't know, that... It's very a very Steven thing to do, so... When the line came out, it was just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It makes you feel good when characters say things that you you've known them long enough to get a feel on what they they would say. So, would you call it? it builds your familiarity with the character seeing those those types of moments. And that's another another feeling I got got from the the Lars breaking character. Speaking but, of Lars breaking character, at what point did you dislike the direction they were going with Lars. What was the moment where you were like, okay, he's just back at his old personality? Um uh, How do you mean? Like in this episode or just In overall? this episode, yeah. Like what was the tipping point for you were like, oh nothing's changed? Uh it was uh what you call it? At first when when they started when he was just like, oh, sh so she's fine without me. And I was just like, oh, that yeah, that's that's a normal human emotion. And then just like, oh, sh so she's hanging out with the cool kids? And I'm just like, yep, yep, there's Lars. <laughs> okay, so the cool kids line. <laughs> yeah, because it only devolves more from there. <laughs> I, th I imagined we would have different answers on that. <clears throat> Because mine was the moment that Lars took Steven's phone and saw the picture of Sadie and then proceeded to just swipe through Steven's pictures. <laughs> <laughs> That's just not cool, man. That's You're breaking, like, phone rule number one. Yeah. <laughs> like, he just keeps going, too. Like, he doesn't even care. Good gosh. <laughs> and I was just like, this is the same disrespectful Lars we've always known. Yeah. He doesn't care Love about it. anybody gosh 
That is fantastic. You're right. <laughs> Gosh. I would, I would recite the, the Drake line if I could remember it, but uh, I'll, I'll leave it there. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that whole moment was just like, mm, this is the wrong time to be doing this, Lars. And then I was just like, that, that has always been the statement of, I've said Lars. <laughs> so when, huh? Oh, I was just going to say, so when you were saying that it was the wrong time, what made it the wrong time? What was going on in the story, Jonathan? So during this, this moment that Lars gets trapped up, that Sadie's living her life without, without him. They are currently being followed by, by Emerald shipped. So, all of the off-colors are saying, Hey, what should we do? What should we do? And Lars is stuck in these pictures. Yeah, and there's warning signals everywhere. Which I want to make a comment of how chill are those warning signals. Because they're sitting there having a whole, like, come back to us and come back to reality conversation. Those signals aren't flashing. There's no alarms or, like, lights. I imagine yeah. that probably really helps reduce panic in emergency situations. Like, that just seems efficient. Also, yeah. you don't have to animate it flashing, which, you know, that's nice, too. I... <laughs> that was my first thought. <laughs> uh, then again, uh, thinking about it, it's... A lot of that thing... Just, like... If I had a warning signal, I'd just want to see the warning once, not it flash at me or anything. So, man. Like, sound cues are fine. Like a car car alarm sound cue or something like that. Like horns. But mm -hmm. not like a full, like, flashing thing. Just because I, I, I can see that, that there's a warning. You don't need to draw attention to it unless you're pointing me toward towards the area when was the last time you updated adobe jonathan Kagosh. <laughs> jeez but yeah uh the warning warning signs are for me we're fine it it kind of like does does a full attention to it with the like repeating warning signs everywhere that apparently just don't stay, they don't disperse until you do something. Which, yeah. how are you going to do something if you can't see? But other than that. True. But they didn't really press a button or anything, so. Yeah. <laughs> Sentient warning signals. They know when you're watching. They know when you've been properly alerted. And they won't leave until everyone in the ship knows you're being warned. Good gosh. But, uh. Yeah, just. Uh. After that, then happened. The ship catches up, up with them, and Lars comes to grips. Stefani yeah. fuses together because he says he never wants to hurt Sadie. And Connie and Stephen decide because they're best friends, which I yeah. just remarked a long like line and a half of saying "or" with a excessive amount of "r's." Yeah, <laughs> because they're best friends. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure there was another connotation in player two, but sure. I mean, 
you should always date your best friend, but... Yeah. You know, that's... We, we could say love, right, guys? I know we're Y7, but we can acknowledge... Oh, no, we're, they... we're PG. We can make, oh, we're PG. make it to... We can totally say it, then. <laughs> yeah. Parental guidance. <laughs> you can let your know your your children know parents that what dating is that people love each other yeah cartoon network <laughs> how dare you expose my children to the concept of love good gosh but uh Lars comes up with the plan of hey we need to bring out that for no particular reason <laughs> to play the pronoun game <laughs> yeah and just everyone going that 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 yeah. and what thing <laughs> Lars going in the ship makes sense yeah because Lars can't die true that is I don't, super but true I don't know if I trust the man to who can't die to be the leader of the ship that's saving my life. Yeah. See, if Lars gets blown up, it's fine, whatever. But yeah, everyone else gets blown up, and there's a problem. And I don't know that again. <laughs> more stuff to add to the fact that he's that that's purely the reason why he's super confident <laughs> i'm a zombie great the rest of us are about to be if you don't pay attention <laughs> good gosh uh but, yeah emerald catches up with them aims some lasers and Lars tells them to lower the shields they get shot and then another moment where the love line would work better is Lars is like this ship is your best friend Instead of just saying you love this ship. Yeah. Emerald admits she won't blow them up because she loves her ship and she wants it back. But she shoots them and disables their weapons and their shields. Mm. Everyone panics because they're about to be shot again. And Lars had says, he says the quote, if only our weapons and shields were online. Well, Lars, maybe don't drop your shields next time. Yeah. That was that was a nonsensical move. Yeah, it's just like, oh man, all our stuff is down. If only we had our stuff back. You're the reason you don't have your stuff. I mean, I get like making honest mistakes, but there was literally no reason to lower your shield, other than to laugh at Emerald. It was. It was a bad bluff because all you got was just like you you proved your theory, but <laughs> she literally thought one step ahead of that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they'll assume that I won't blow it up, but I I'm still going to disable the things that <laughs> help you get away. So yeah. not if I keep those things up. <laughs> so only so anyway, we had that happen. And yeah. then they were they play the pronoun game and reveal Lars's ship, the Star Skipper. The wonderful s small battleship that that's able to maneuver faster than the giant one, and still has weapons. 
or as I'd like to call it, the Star Fox ship without its textures. Ah, that's fair. Throw up a side-by-side -side comparison for our YouTube viewers. Oh, okay. I'll do that. Boom, look at those polygons. Uh, I like the the comment that Stefani makes. Like, if it works anything like a sh like a car, I can do it. <laughs> like, all right, <laughs> that's that's not confidence building. <laughs> sure, it is. We all saw that episode where Connie did Tokyo Drift. Hey, gosh, it was an initial D enough for me. <laughs> I like that Lars is just like, yeah, okay, and rolls with it. Yeah. No, send the man like, who can't die. You. Yeah. Send the man like, who can't die. I... I would have thought it would be a better idea to let Stefani lead the off-colors and Lars do the thing, because all you really have to do is, like, like, wait, was the engine down? Yeah, they couldn't move. Then, then what was he going to, like, lead him to do anyway? <laughs> I don't know. Or no, it was just weapons and shields, I believe. Uh, okay. So, in either case, you can kind of just go, like, yeah, just just act as a distraction while I, I take out the weapons. Yeah. Because yeah. we've already established that she's not going to blow up the ship. <laughs> so from that point on, you're just like, hey, let's go around back and blow everything up. <laughs> well, the targets were locked on them. That's why they had to use the skipper. But yeah, it's a valid point. <laughs> just, yeah, I don't know. There's... There's a giant hole in that plan. <laughs> yeah. There's a giant hole in reality because right now we don't have a Star Fox clone of Stefani and the Star Skipper. Yeah. Have the little pop-up windows with Captain Lars and the off-colors and have them be the bad crew. It'd be amazing. Lars yeah. is already kind of Falco. Mm-hmm. Friggin', uh... Gosh darn. Cartoon Network used to have, like, a... Mega XLR game with a whole like display with Kiva and everything, and I think they could absolutely do another Cartoon Network game that's that has a similar display and stuff. I literally just want Star Fox. Yeah, that's fair. I want a Unity Engine powered Star Fox ripoff. I just like, huh? I, if anything, I I want more sci-fi not nonsense from this episode that's actually well structured not trying to force feed a whole like summary in dialogue between characters i don't know this episode overall i feel like i got enough from the uh, san diego comic-con trailer yeah like, it, do that it leave kinda, it there uh, i don't know just the way that was structured was a lot better <laughs> because dropping in on the situation like outside of what them actually being there 
is like looks way cooler on Lars than actually just him them trying to make him look cool with, between the dialogue and everything because you just see him in the ship and stuff and you're just like wait what <laughs> in the San Diego trailer but when they roll in and he's on the ship it's just kind of like okay so this is happening now that's that's accurate I have to agree with you it was just kind of heavy handed when it was stretched out into a whole plot you know yeah and I I think they can totally do more more stuff with it and I think they they probably will establish establishing Lars as a starship captain they're definitely going to do something with it or if they don't it's going to be so much wasted potential because I you know there's going to be a big battle at the end of the series there there has to be Oh man, they're gonna do that thing where they're having trouble fighting, and then Lars and the off colors are gonna come in in their ship and be the last minute reinforcements, aren't they? They can do that, or just like when they're they're doing the whole big battle, they set up just like, okay, Lars, you're gonna run interference in your ship doing this. And then you'll get that cut in the middle of the battle of them doing doing that. Now, how cool would it be to see the ship get crashed into uh, Yellow Diamond? Ooh. Just like, as she's like fighting and swinging, all of a sudden a ship just comes and hits her in the back of the head. Okay. I would, <laughs> I would enjoy that. There's there's places they can definitely take it, but if they just throw it away, I'm I'm gonna be sad. Agreed. And to end the episode, Stefana gets shot down, and we get a shot that's very reminiscent of Toonami's The Intruder event from the early '90s. Nah. <laughs> I just they're going no. It was like the old trailers. Good pull. Good pull. <laughs> can we play that clip? Will we get in trouble for that? Yeah, I'd rather not not do that one. I can do screenshots. <laughs> I really just want the audio. Mm, okay. Or just okay. Tom yelling no as things are exploding. I'll... And then just have that as an example. Because they're near identical pitches. Uh, I'll do something. <laughs> Stand by for nothing. Oh. Anyway, uh, that wraps up the episode. And then we start off our second end. Jonathan, what did you think of this episode overall? Uh, overall, I I like the concept. Didn't like the execution, but character, uh, yeah, Lars breaking character and Steph Stefani just made made it like worth the watch. Everything else is hit and miss. Fair. I said that it was a strong first act, but not a strong episode. A little heavy-handed, but it was fine. I give it a 4 out of 5. Hmm. Also, I wrote one note that we didn't touch on, where I just complained a little bit more. Yeah. The line, her name is Connie, is said by uh, Harappa right after she's introduced to like mm -hmm. the, the crew. And so I just wrote a little rant 
said, do you just not pay attention to the rest of the world around you, Papua New Guinea? Do you just actively choose to ignore literally everything that happens around you so you can have these predictions? His na- <laughs> he just said her name. She was just introduced. Why do you- did you not hear him? Did you choose to just let this information go past you just so you could restate it? You had to have heard it to just say it again. I don't know how this is possible. Please, open your ears and listen. Please, understand. And then I just kind of trailed off. Yes. I... I do wonder if, what you call it, it's just... I don't know. Is If she's kind of blind. Jokes aside, I think she has, like, super sensory dep- deprivation where she's not actively in the world and that she has, like visions that guide her but that's about all she can have Hmm. that's the direction i think they're taking with it so jokes aside if they are planning that wonderful where it's like yeah she can't see or hear or anything and this the visions are the only way that she can actively be in the world then great if they're not doing that then it's a weird joke character that's gone on far too long yeah and there's there's plenty of plenty of ways they can definitely like do that with (laughs) <laughs> with movement and everything where she takes like uh, a minute longer to move forward if they're going anywhere or some something like that yeah short I, version I, yeah. cartoon network fix papa john's make her a strong <laughs> character <laughs> wonderful wonderful nicknames sir good gosh i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> gosh so uh, did you did you do scores on this one uh four out of five for that one okay cool cool so jonathan yeah if you take a whole thing and you accidentally drop it and it shatters what do you have left uh whole thing a fraction Cut out this part and just say the name of our show again. So, uh, stranded. Jungle Moon of Endor. Before Star Wars uh, fans get mad at me, yes, I know it's a forest and not a jungle. But how often am I going to be able to make that joke? Indeed. <laughs> You're with the one of the few people who won't get it. <laughs> we'll explain that one after the podcast. Okay, so to start off, this episode starts kind of weird. Mm. The last episode ends with Lars saying no, but then this episode starts with Lars saying, hey, I think that worked, and then going, what happened? And it's like, we're crashed. So, it doesn't transition right. See, uh, <clears throat> because I didn't, I don't know, I think I may have just, like, missed the no, but I heard him say, like, Stephen, Connie, and then, uh, what'd you call it, when when they booted up the uh, communication log again, he he was just like, I think that worked. 
Yeah, there's so, there's a long like no. Yeah, I don't know. I may have just missed it. I don't know, but after I figured that out, I was like, "That's weird." And I looked in the uh, uh, opening slate for both episodes and found out they're written by two different people. Ah, uh, yeah. The first Story- episode. Hmm. Oh, uh, go ahead. Say your thing. Uh, did you call it story storyboarding with with the concept and with four people on it could could possibly have thrown off those episodes and everything yeah well the uh, first episode is written by lamar and lauren and this episode was written by miki and jeff so i wonder if that was the source of the awkward transition perhaps but i'm sure if there's a commercial break between the two you don't really notice yeah i was among the people who didn't notice I just only noticed because the intruder thing sparked in my mind. Mm. And I was like, oh, that, that's weird. I'm going to think about that while I wait for this show to come back. Okay. Did you kind of... I def- definitely might check that out again after the podcast and everything. But... On yeah. the Cartoon Network app, and not by any illegitimate means, of course. Indeed. Unless you just happen to be on. <laughs> I'm not saying that's how people should watch this Man. show, but, you know. Gosh. Uh, I, I believe it works out just because uh, the fact that the com- I believe the communicator works where it's video camera and they can see each other. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I stand on the fence if it doesn't work and it's weird, but we shall see. So, we're stranded. We're on a jungle moon, and Stefani has to survive. This runs parallel to uh, Ruby and Sapphire's fusion experience, where they crash-landed on Earth and had to survive. Only difference was they fused at the end rather than the beginning. So that's just a fun thought. Yeah, I didn't, I totally didn't think about it. It's the rules. Anytime you fuse with somebody that you're <laughs> going to end up being together with forever, you have to go get stranded on another planet with them. Or in this case, a moon. Some sort of celestial body. Wonderful. Uh, I... I really like this this episode a lot more than than the last one just because it this one felt like true sci-fi. Yeah. Like going about about the island where they're just like no, we have to survive. I I really liked like their attitude about it, I liked uh them going about about the whole jungle and everything. Mm-hmm. And that it was really cool. What about you? I thought the whole thing was fun. Uh, oh, yeah. I have a couple of grievances that I wrote down. Uh, when they're first attacked by that alien that splits itself in half, uh, Stefani goes, It's an alien! 
and I wrote, Why are you surprised by an alien? You are currently one-fourth alien. You were just on a ship full of aliens, running from another alien, to a home city protected by aliens. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe it was just in the sense of they thought it was a insect. Oh, or that could just be... Oh, well, no. Connie... Connie should know better by now. You fought aliens. You ate with aliens. You slept in a house that was bought by aliens. For all intents and purposes, there's no reason for you to be surprised by an alien. That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) But, uh, I don't know. The only other thought I would have is they thought it was an insect. You're from a city protected by aliens. <laughs> Congosh. So what were your other grievances? Well, now I kind of just want to rant on that, but... Uh, <laughs> when they're going through their survival montage and they're drinking the water, I wrote in big cat little letters... Boil that water. Connie, you should know this. Do not get some sort of space dysentery. Boil the water before you drink it. Yeah. Did you call it? I'm... I... See... Things like that... I've I've always had a weird feeling about. Like, I've kind of just parsed out of my my brain a bit. Because, for one... If we're talking about survival things, they should always <laughs> check if the the air is breathable or not. I don't think they had much choice in that one. <laughs> Gosh. Well, they could have done a whole thing about Stefani having a bubble. Yeah. But also, why didn't they bubble the whole, whole ship? I'm going to go with Incredibles logic of I'm too scared and nervous to bubble this whole aircraft. Eh, uh, I guess. <laughs> but, I don't know. There's there's certain survival things that I, I've learned to just, like, parse out of my brain when watching stuff. But it was weird just, like, them drinking out, out of the water like an animal. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Boil water. Kids, if you're out in the wild, always boil water because it'll get rid of the germs, and that way you can drink it without getting sick. Filter the water if you can. Water filtration devices can be made by things found in the forest. Watch a YouTube video on how to do that. But, if not, boil your water. Man. I don't care if they don't have a pot around, they'll figure something out. Don't just stick your head in water. (laughs) Don't allow weird animals to spray water at you either. <laughs> Jonathan, that was no animal. That was an alien. Ah, yes. I apologize. <laughs> Gosh. But, I don't know. Let's, let's just go down your list. <laughs> Ooh, you're going to be disappointed. Last thing I had was that uh, while the montage was going on, Stefani grows facial mm-hmm. hair and shaves with the sword, which made for a fun moment where you could tell that Steven's half of Stefani was just like, yeah, I've got full facial hair now. How cool is that? And then Connie 
being supportive, just like, yeah, go us. But the inconsistency of the beard bugged the heck out of me. It kept gaining and losing hairs every other frame. Wait, was it during the montage or was it after? Uh, I think it like ended the montage. I don't remember entirely. Not, I mean, like when the uh, growing and shrinking happened. Well, Jonathan, I'm glad you asked. When they <laughs> enter the cave, it has seven. And this is on the right side of the face. When they're falling asleep, it has eight. When they're in the dream, it has five, then seven, then five again. Then I got tired of counting, and I just gave up. Okay. But it continued on for the whole episode, and I just kept going, like, Why, where is your facial hair going, Stefani? It's just, like, appearing and disappearing at will. Like, I know it's a nitpicky thing to go on about, but it's like, your character's face shouldn't fluctuate. Yeah. That's fair. And it just super took me out of it. Uh, mm, yeah. But I'm not trying to get all big hair about this. Indeed. We're small yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. Animation is hard, and people have hard work doing it. I shouldn't nitpick about hair. It just bugged me. Yeah. Uh, da da da. So. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. If you have a point, by all means. I don't know. I was, I was just gonna transition into the dream since we—that's where we were leaving in into. I was about to do the same thing. Take it away. Okay. So, from from our changing stubble, we go into a dream that Stefani has about her mom on on the phone. Yeah. And yeah. Did you call it? There's something off. Stefani is super small and cannot communicate with her. Almost like it represents the fact that Connie feels small in her own life. And that her hey. parents' priorities are placed as more important than her own. At the start of this I, I was just like is is Connie's mom secretly like a, a gem? Because, like, straight up from the start of the call, you can kind of hear just like, yeah, this, this is a gym conversation. <laughs> and then you see yellow diamond fleet cruisers flying overhead in the shot that shows her from uh, behind where it's uh, flying outside. And then we look up and, oh my gosh, she's yellow diamond. Yeah. But, like, weird half yellow diamond. And... Mm -hmm. With as she's transitioning, yeah. Stefani slowly transitions from Stefani into B from being puppy cat. <laughs> That's fair. You cannot tell me that that was not the character that Rebecca Sugar was working on with this. Good gosh. Just her going, hey, hey, yellow, what are you doing? Hey, yellow, over here. Gosh, I'm I'm contacting the head of the fleet. Whoa, I want to do that. Yeah, here, let me she... hit the buttons. Oh gosh, it was sort of the five-year-old personality. <laughs> it was B from being puppy cat. Gosh, 
I cannot be convinced otherwise. I will support my evidence here momentarily. Oh, really? You have evidence? Really dumb evidence, but yes. <laughs> Alrighty. So, we continue on, and we realize that Stefani's acting out of character, but not because it's a dream, but because it's a memory. And Stefani's memory has her as the perspective of... Drumroll... Jonathan, take it away. Pink Diamond! Oh my gosh. She's Pink Diamond, and we get our first look at Pink Diamond's face. Yep. And as I'm saying this, I'm watching... A muted Dragon Ball Super and Gotenks just appeared when you said Pink Diamond. <laughs> like in real dramatic form, just like, boom, Pink Diamond. It's wonderful. No, sorry, got off topic. Uh, oh, no, that's fine. Anyway. Also, side sidebar. Huh? Oh, by all means, take your sidebar. Go for it. Uh. Stefani's always like reminded me of uh, Gotenks from Dragon Ball Z. That was always the thought of like what they were going for, or at least what I always thought it was. Like I always thought it was legit, just Gotenks. Yeah, that's fair. Especially like early Gotenks, where Piccolo's teaching them how to fuse for the first time, mm -hmm. and uh, he's like, "Hmm, what should my name be?" And it's like, oh, I'm Gotenks. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah. And, I don't know, there's... Just, like, the... The fact that it's a very uh, fun-loving, like... Children fu fusion. Who, at the same time, infant. is going to beat up the world. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, but... Yeah, that was that was just my cyber. Okay, that's fair. Uh, funny how that connected. So Pink Diamond is acting f more and more bratty to the point that I wrote that Pink Diamond is about to go in the trash chute because I swear they're quoting Willy Wonka. Yeah. I, all everybody. I like her better as Lion. <laughs> uh, I definitely gosh. like her better as Lion. <laughs> so I hope she, she gets... never comes back. <laughs> you know she's got a they've got yeah. a character model now good gosh so uh pink storms off gets mad and punches glass which once again i'd like to remind you of my candidacy for mayor of punched glass punched glass mm -hmm. when you're mad don't punch glass it'll break vote for me <laughs> wonderful and then the episode ends paused on that punched glass Stefani wakes up like, oh my gosh, I'm having diamond dreams again. Why am I having diamond dreams again? Then a weird blob monster attacks. And then floats off like an umbrella, which again was very reminiscent of being puppy cat for me. And then Lars came and got him. Yeah. Oh, my evidence for uh, her being uh, B in the dream is that they B and Pink Diamond both have pink hair. Ah. Told you it was dumb evidence. That's her. Good gosh. <laughs> so yeah, you got any other points mm -hmm. you want to touch on before we review the uh, episode? Uh, but uh, 
there is a lot of just like nothing to invent that uh whole metroid thing that was going on with that creature <laughs> that metroid thing yeah it's because gonna come I... back and steal stefani's powers she won't be able to bubble or make a shield anymore <laughs> you'll have to go through and collect them one by one <laughs> yeah i i've always associated like uh kind of that alien feeling of being chased chased by uh a monster or something on a foreign foreign planet with metroid yeah so yeah just i i expect that a lot more or just a actual one-on-one fight with stefani and the bird monster but nothing just lars scaring 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 it off with like the ship shots and it floating away <laughs> like a weird umbrella blob yeah but yeah it's fun fun resolution i guess it was fun yeah uh one trope i've always enjoyed or i guess one it's not even a trope it's just a storytelling type i've always loved washed up on deserted island tropes stories whatever where a character finds themselves stranded and is forced to cope with the situation and put together a shelter and survive Mm. and it's always been whenever like a series does it it's always my favorite uh one of my favorite video games of all time is a ds title called lost in blue Mm. where you wash up on a deserted island as a teenage boy named keith or teenage girl named sky depending on which version you decide to uh, partake in and you have to literally just survive and find shelter and explore this massive island and it's amazing and i wish that this episode did more of like the building a shelter for yourself stuff the survival stuff because i'd love to see steven and connie's creativity come together to work towards surviving a common adversity of being on a uh, alien planet they didn't know Hmm. yeah uh i don't know like sort of i whenever the situation happens i i want it to be over time yeah just i i feel like compressing this into just one episode just like kind of robs of all the places he goes goes there but it was it was done well enough yeah I, think I, if they I had, still really enjoyed it. Mm. I think if they had given it <clears throat> more of a runtime, yeah. like if they had done, like, not even too long, like 30 minutes maybe, just, oh, yeah. for, just for one episode, make the whole thing 45, pad it with 15 minutes of commercials and have it for an hour. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, it, I think it would have been a stronger situation. It doesn't take much to write a strong... Uh, desert island episode it's like i think of just in terms of children's cartoons like jimmy neutron did a really strong uh stranded episode and it was only 30 minutes long huh. it's just all about pacing yeah i would want want it to be similar to uh the uh the stephen bomb with the lapis dreams 
Oh, yeah. Where it was like over over time, we got more and more lapis dreams. Yeah. I would want it to be like during a 30 minute episode, they would periodically have longer and longer memories of this one instance. Oh, you're talking about the dream overall. I was just talking about a better survival montage. Oh, yeah. Did you call that's that's what I'm I'm describing, though. Just like alternate those two. OK, and, so they could be like yeah. multiple days on the island planet, etc., where you have them sleep multiple nights and have multiple dreams. Yeah, I like that. I'm down for that because it, I feel like it will work as a beacon to get them to to uh, yellow di- diamond or well, pink diamonds temple. Yeah, they can have the reveal, and then they know how to use the thing. Like, they get to the temple over the course of, like, three days, and then they're like, yeah. wait, what was that password again? And then they do the password again, and then they realize, oh my gosh, this was, like, an actual thing, and that's where this was, and we're here, and this was once home to the diamonds. Mm-hmm. And That'd be cool. you'd also have a lot more time time spent on it. Yeah. So, Yeah. Uh, if anyone's it's... listening and writes fan fiction, write that for us. Oh, yeah. Send it in. We'll be happy to read it. Something about geek stuff at gmail.com. Yeah. Or, did you call it John Grady, Grady Sam at something about geek stuff.com because we have that email address as well now? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to talk about you accidentally buying something <laughs> like kickstuff.com? <laughs> Alright, I'm not going to talk smack about Google on their own website, but I just I just want to say, <laughs> Google business, you, you need some restructuring. <laughs> I just remember sitting in that hotel room with you, and it was just silent for like a good 10 minutes. And then I just hear, I think I just bought something about geekstuff.com. <laughs> and you Be- just sounded so <laughs> defeated by it. Because. Okay, some some inside baseball on this. We we have a, a drive where we keep all of our something about geek stuff files. And what do you call it? It's very hard to access because it's a terabyte. So, uh, Google suggested, hey, why not get a Google business account? And then you can have have those files like in a stream to where you don't have to like access all of them at the same time. So I was just like, that's a fantastic idea. Why don't I do that? And then <laughs> in order to do this, you have to buy your own uh, domain and everything. So I was just like, uh, OK. And. You have to have a a Gmail account to run it. And I was just like, all right, yeah, I already have that. But it doesn't transfer over your stuff. So when I made this realization, I was just like, so I bought this website for no particular reason. What? Why am I even doing this? Check <laughs> out something about like, yeah. geekstuff.com for all our fun <laughs> nothing. Yeah? Did you call it? I'm... If I can figure it out, it will make it, it'll redirect to the YouTube channel, but. 
Yeah, that's a thing now. <laughs> I love it so much. I love it like, so, I'm, so much. I'm not going to get rid of it. It's it's super cool that we have our own do domain and stuff. It's just... <laughs> it's not the way I wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> not like this, Google. Not like this. Good gosh. Oh, uh, that is... That is just amazing. If anyone knows how to transfer over <laughs> a terabyte of stuff over to a Google business account without having to pay for it twice, just just email that to something about geek stuff. <laughs> something about geek stuff email account. <laughs> Once again, that's something about geek stuff at gmail.com or uh John Great Grady and Sam at Something about geekstuff.com. Ooh, we're gonna need to condense oh, that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh John is spelled J O N. Boy. Yeah, we're gonna need to condense that one for the future. Oh. John Grady and Sam. Oh, John Grady Sam. And we won't even talk about how I got final billing. Good gosh. I <laughs> Alright everybody. My rating for yeah. This episode of the bits, well, not for the bits, for a uh, jungle moon, I gave it yeah. a four point five out of five. It was fun. I would have liked to have seen more of the survival stuff, but you can only do so much in fifteen minutes. Jonathan, would you like to move on to final thoughts? Uh, I thought this was a oh well, I I guess I I am moving on to final thoughts. Woo! Oh, actually, I didn't say say what I thought of the episode overall. I don't believe. Uh. Fun episode. Uh, could have been expanded a bit more, but time constraints and everything, so it's fine. So we're in agreement on that. Yeah. All right. Final thoughts, Jonathan. Would you like to take it once again? Tell me about Stranded. Overall, Strand Stranded felt like actual story pro progression. Because as much as I like the character development of the last uh, few few episodes is just kind of weird not actually like moving forward in the story so actually like getting more uh, backstory on uh, Pink Diamond was, was nice to get more like gem story and stuff oh so Captain Harlock, I guess. <laughs> Wonderful. What about you? Uh, overall, if this were just an episode of Steven Universe, which it basically is, it was good. Uh, there was a little bit too much focus on the Captain Harlock part for me. Uh, I'd say I spent a little less time on the ship and a little more time uh, on the jungle moon. But... Since they had to be broken up into 15 minute segments for, I'm sure, some forward reason I don't understand, then this is fine. I'd like to see Steven Universe try its hand at 20 minute episodes or 25 minute episodes so they could do the story properly, like the full arc of stuff, rather than having to break it up into segments. But I get oh, yeah. that you have to follow certain rules. Yeah. I. I just. Wish all the anime, not anime, animation companies can 
do whatever they want want to with their shows and stuff. Like, I I know budgets are a thing and gosh production constraints and everything but i'd I'd like to see everyone at their full potential agreed so if that's all we have to say about steven universe's stranded half hour special we can wrap up how's that sound yay everybody thank you for hanging out with us for this little shorter version of the bits if you have any thoughts or opinions or agreements or disagreements with anything we said, let us know in the comments down below, or if you're watching this on iTunes or whatever, leave it in a rating on iTunes or whatever. Yeah. Uh, just hearing everybody's thoughts about the the two episodes would, would be nice. So, yeah, don't, don't feel, feel too afraid to post those. It's highly encouraged. If we get any cool comments, we'll shout them out on the show. Oh yeah, definitely. It'll it'd be a nice se- segment to actually like get get and talk about like opinions from like the episodes we discussed from last time. But yeah, that's right. If it people happens, are literally begging for comments. <laughs> I'm saying it'd be nice. <laughs> I mean, if it I'm doesn't not happen, it doesn't happen. <laughs> I'm not saying you have to, but it'd be nice. It'd be appreciated. We are your mother, after all. We put in all this hard work to keep this house together and to keep food in your belly, but you know, whatever. A call once in a time, Bobby. <laughs> call us once in a t- while. It'll be nice. <laughs> Good not gosh. saying you have to come over for dinner every Sunday, but y- your brother does, and it, it's so nice. And he's a doctor now, and we're making someone feel self-conscious, so I apologize. <laughs> yeah. They're dialing their, their mother's mother right now. <laughs> you know oh, what? Gosh. Yeah. If you're listening to this right now, call your mother or somebody else that loves you. Yeah. Let them know you call- care. Call family members you haven't talked to, to in a while that you really, really love and adore and stuff. And if you don't, don't got those, call somebody else who cares about you just like family. Yeah. Family is not, not always blood. It's who, who you feel, feel close to and, and cares for you and stuff. Just remember, best friends is a suitable substitute for the word love. Yeah. <laughs> Good gosh. I've had that one in my back pocket for the last 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for watching the bits, everybody. Be sure to like the video or rate us on iTunes. Be sure to subscribe to Sunback Geek Stuff for all your very needs. I have been the mayor of everything. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> can't, can't send that far. <laughs> Not without your votes, I can't. Gosh. And I've, I've been Jonathan, the man without a title. Uh, I'm from Homeworld. Oh, be- what was that? I said I'll get. I said I'll get there. <laughs> That's right, one bit at a time. Yep. So guys, from Homeworld and Beach City and all the cosmos in between, this has been the Bits, a Steven Universe podcast. Thanks for watching.
gosh, I'm gonna have to super stretch out the outro. <laughs> Good gosh. Love All right, it. we're stopping there. <laughs>